Let's take it from the Gemara. It's a couple of lines up at the bottom of the page on Dafkuf Yutes. Amud Beis Tana. We learn Lizu Edim Upanim. If one of the of the sisters-in-law has not only witnesses that her husband's dead, but she also has children, Ulizu Lo Edim Vilopanim, and the other one doesn't have witnesses and doesn't have children, Shteimutaris, and they're both free to marry. Why? Because the one with witnesses from, allows the other one to get married. And the one with children allows herself to get married because if she has children, there's no mitzvah yibum. So she's free to marry because we believe her about her husband being dead. We don't even, it doesn't matter. We have witnesses that her husband's dead. So both of them will be free to marry. Now, So we have here Machlokas in the Mishnah. So now we're analyzing this. But Rava Rava's are not sure how to understand Rebbe Lazar's position here. What's the logic of Rebbe Lazar? My time with Rebbe Lazar, what's the reasoning for Rebbe Lazar? Is it Mishum de Kasavar Tzara Mi'idol Chaverta? That uh, just because they're potential, um, uh, these two uh, sisters-in-law are potential, um, uh, potential uh, rival wives. Nevertheless, they're trusted. Is that what he holds? Odoma, or maybe, Mishum Dihi Lomikalkala Nafsha, she would never mess herself up. In other words, that we, we trust her because she's not going to go so far as to ruin her own life just for the sake of ruining the life of her sister-in-law. You understand? That's like taking matters way too far. We don't worry about that. That's the Shiloh of the Gemara. How, how far? What's the reasoning of Rabbi Lazar? Because we know Rabbi Lazar is arguing here, but what's the reason? Again, is it because we don't assume that they're going to lie? Period. Or because they're not going to ruin their own lives. The Mayna Kamita, what's the practical distinction between the two opinions? She would marry, uh, if they would, would we let the co-wife get married before, we, before she gets married? You understand? Um, that's, that's really where it's relevant. If we're believing her because she's not going to ruin her own life, she said her husband's dead, so we let her get married. So... Uh, yeah, but are we going to let? Yeah, but if we let the co-wife get married first, then she can come back and say, "Ah, I made up the story. It's not true." Okay, because she didn't yet ruin her own life. Only after she gets married herself, then we'll believe her as far as the co-wife. You understand? Mm-hmm. That's the other idea. So, if you just say that we don't assume that they're liars, so then even if she didn't get married, we can let the co-wife get married. If it's because. She's gonna. She wouldn't ruin her own life just to ruin the the, the sister-in-law's life. It's in Savinala, let If she's, uh, will only let the ma- the co-wife marry. If she's married, then we'll let the co-wife marry. If she didn't herself get married, we're not gonna let the co-wife marry. Now, as you think about it over here, it's kind of interesting because how what comes first? You know, each one is the co is the is the sister-in-law of the other one. And we would need the believability from one to be able to allow the other one. So they're going to have to do a double ceremony together. Like, they, like when they're both marrying at the same time, then like, you know, then we'll believe it. Very interesting. Anyway, I don't know how it practically works out. So my, what's the bottom line? Two hoops next to each other? <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying it's really interesting. It saves on the caterer. It saves on the caterer. Yeah, the caterer loses Right, the caterer loses that. So, my, so Tashma, my Tashma, come near proof. Rabbi Lazar says, 
If you notice, he talked about it only in a case once we allowed the Yavam to marry, therefore they're going to be allowed to marry anybody else. Now, yeah, if you say it's good, a woman's not going to ruin her own life. I know that's because she was married, and therefore we let her get married. But if it's because of the other reason that anyway she could. So, Nami, we would believe her even if she didn't marry. So, therefore, why did he only say it in a case? If you look at the case where Reb Lazard spoke, he spoke about a case where they're already married. They already did Yibam. So if they're lying, their lives are ruined. Okay? Uh, they, 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 they did it. They're married by Isser if they made up a story, right? And they both got married to the Yavam. So that's why once the Yavam dies, we're going to say they're free to marry at this point. They're not going to ruin their own lives. So that's a Raya that Reb Lazar requires them to be married in order for them to be believed because they're not going to ruin their lives just to get it to the next person. Now, Rebbe Lazar, so the Gemara says, not necessarily a riot. Rebbe Lazar, maybe Rebbe Lazar is arguing to the other side and he's saying like this, according to me, I trust, I don't think he's going to lie over here. If they say their husband died, we believe him. Even if they themselves they're not going to marry, we'll let their co-wife marry. That if they already got married, so now they're going to be ruining their own lives, surely we would uh, allow the co-wife, the sister-in-law to marry. She's not going to ruin her life uh, just to get it to the other person. What is the Rabbanon's take? Uh, like we said before, Thomas Nafshi and Plishtim Hudakavta. Maybe she's taking one just to get a proper revenge. Like we mentioned before, uh, as long as I'm, as long as the Plishtim are dying with me, the Philistines will die with me. That's what Samson said, right? Shimshin. So I'm, I'm happy to die too. So the same thing, even though her life is, is actually going to be ruined here by, by making up stories, it's worth it because I see the revenge, to, you know, I'm getting her back whatever, however it works but this is a phenomenon that does exist let me tell you okay, so that's not, again, we, not, a compl- not a complete proof brings us, let's try another one Tashma coming to proof a woman went together with her husband overseas and she comes back and she says my husband's dead she can take a, uh, get married and take a ksuba and the co-op cannot get married once she's believed, her co she's believed for the co wife as well. You following? So basically, what is Rebelezer saying? Rebelezer is basically saying is that the fact that we are letting her get married means that we believe her. And that's it. Even if she herself did not actually marry. So, uh, so that indicates that, in fact, that you don't have to marry and the, he just trusts the uh, co wives. Okay? Even though it's an actual rival wife over there, not a potential. Okay? So the Gemara says that's not conclusive. Maybe it's because she was free to marry and she did marry. That's why the co wife can marry. Okay, so the Gemara says, you know, but there's another possible subterfuge that's going on over here. She was overseas and she got into a big fight with her husband and he divorced her overseas. She kept the get secretly in her pocket, and uh, she comes back with her husband 
you know, staying overseas, and she comes back, and she says, Hubby's dead, right? Made up the story. What happens? She went ahead and get married. Look, I'm married, so I must be telling the truth. And then the co-wife will get married, and then she'll pull out the get and says, ha ha, I got married because I have a get. But you, the husband's still alive, and now it's, your life is messed up for good. Okay? I mean, there's a, op- there's a possibility like that. Why don't we concern ourselves with that? So the answer is, you know what? You're absolutely right. If she married a regular Israel, you'd be, we would be definitely concerned that that's a true possibility, that she's really divorced. Because Yisrael can marry a divorcee. The reason why we trust her is because she chose a Kohen to marry. A Kohen to let her marry a widow. Uh, that proves that she at least is taking it on herself to ruin her life as a, you know, as, as a, as a divorcee to a Kohen and messing up her children. They're not going to be gone them anymore. And that's why um, it must be true that the husband's dead. Otherwise, she's ruining her life. Very interesting phenomena. Okay. Take us to the next Mishnah. This is body. Testifying about a body. So the rule is, is that in order to testify about a person that they are who they are, you need to see a face together with the nose. The nose together with the face is identifying. Even though we have other signs, Uba Caleb and in his clothing, um, that's not good enough. And that's that's okay. Now that's that it's that you, you know the Simanim aren't good enough. You need to get a facial feature, okay? Um, face ID, okay? Um, next, another one. Another thing is is that to testify that he's dead, you have to have seen him dead. Okay, even if you see the body, you know, body you parts. You have to see him dying, not dead. No, 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 no. Until he died. If you knew, even if you know that he's dying or seemingly dying, he's uh, he has he's missing limbs. He's hanging on a, you know, he's being hung. And he's being eaten up by animals. No, so that's not good enough. You need to know that he died. We'll see. We'll explain each 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 law. Another law: When you're testifying about a body, you got to see it within three days from when he expires. Okay. Um, if you first are seeing the body later than that, it's not going to be recognizable enough. The body changes and decomposes, and therefore you cannot. Testify that that's who it is. Review the Bambaba Omer, no, local Adam, local Makam, local Shoshavit. It's not a hard and fast rule of three days. Uh, depends on the man, uh, how his fat content. Uh, depends on the place. Is it uh, dry weather? Is it humid? All these things are factors in how quickly the body is going to decompose. Local Shoshavit, daytime, nighttime, all these things play into it. And um, therefore, it's not a hard and fast that it's three days. Um, it just depends. We'll get to it, what, what his opinion is. Okay, so first things first. If you see just the forehead without seeing the facial features, or parts of Panam, or the facial features without the forehead, then we cannot testify. Until you have forehead, 
So the whole face means the forehead, together with the facial features, and the nose. Those are the all of the elements that you need to identify the person. Now, where's the source of this idea that that's how we can identify people? The recognition of their face is what is what outed them, or what made us testified about them. So what do you see? That That's where recognition of, uh, that's that's the idea, facial recognition uh, technology. There's something unique about everyone's face. Amazing, one of the God's amazing miracles that every, you know, everyone has, you know, eyes and nose and a mouth, and they have foreheads, but everyone's a little n- enough different that we can distinguish who people are. Okay. Abba bar marasa du abba bar minyum. We have here an interesting story. So abba maski bay dvei rish galusuzuz. He owed some money to the house of the exilarch. Okay, and um, obviously he didn't want to be caught. Okay, so what did he do? Isakira. He took some wax, davad bivliasa, and he and he and he and he melted it onto a piece of you know an old piece of material, of fabric, and davad parpute, and then he peeled it off on made it shaped onto his forehead. Chalav Kamayu, he passed by them. So basically, he, he disguised himself with a little wax on his forehead. And they could not recognize him. He just it changed his features so much with a little bit of uh, wax on his forehead to make him look different. Plastic surgery. Plastic surgery, whatever. Whatever. It's like that woman who tried uh, escaping the law in Costa Rica. I don't know if you're following the news. So she called, she dyed her hair, she, whatever, it was a whole thing. Hmm? They caught her. I don't know how they caught her, but whatever. Well, so they have DNA, which is a... Right, but anyway, so that's the story. Alpha PCA Simanim, so moving on, even though there are Simanim, so uh, that's not good enough. So what's the deal with Simanim? What's the deal with science? So this implies that Simanim loved that right, so that Simanim isn't a Torah concept that you can rely on science, okay, uh, which is basically a, a big machlokas in Bab in the, in the lost objects, whether signs are reliable or not. So, for a minute, we have a contradiction. If you found it, the get tied in a, in a, in a container, in his wallet, with the ring, or it's found amongst the stuff, even it was much later, it's a kosher, Get we don't assume it's the different one. We we assume it's the that this is the missing one and and it's a good get. Um, so you see, we rely on simanim for Torah law. So it must be the araisa believable. And here our mission was saying it's not God. So according to Tanakama. Person has a mole, you can't rely on a mole. That that's you know that's a sign who that is, because they're and Rebbeleiz Rebbeleiz My What's the machlokus whether you can rely on a mole or not as a, as an identifying mark? Um, so the Marsa One opinion is that Simanim is from the Torah. Marsa The other one is that Simanim are rabbinic in nature. Okay. So it sounds like that's what's going on. And that's why, is Simanim reliable or not? So according to one, it's a Torah-level reliability, and according to the other one, it's only rabbinic-level reliability. That's the dispute. 
So the Gemara says, no, I'm above Rava, not true. The Kuliyamas, you might have so it could be both sides. Rebbe Leezer, Rebbe Ma'aboy, and the Tanakam both agree that Simanim are the Kuliyamas, Simanim Deoraisa. And what's the question? The question is, is there, is there a concept, a very interesting phenomena, that people born under the same constellation would typically share a mole in the same location? Okay? It's like a sign, you know. Okay. So that's the idea. Um, so, Mar Savar Shuma Mitsuya Bibengilo. One opinion is that a Shuma is uh, found amongst the person of the same, uh, 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 someone of the same mazel, basically. Omar Savar, Eina Mitsuya Bibengilo. Different. So, Vigudamri, others say, that's not what's going on. Hachabishuma Hasuya Lishtanus Leacher Talking about a bowl. Can it change after death? Meaning, it appears differently, and that's what we're worried about. Mar Savar Suyilishtanus. One opinion is that it does change. Malachar Misa on Mar Savar Ena Suyilishtanus. That it's not. It's not. It doesn't change after death. Malachar Misa after death. That's that. Now, Vigadamri. Alternatively, Amrava the Kulamus Imanu Derabana. Really, in other words, so. Maybe it's all going like the other opinion. Everybody agrees generally that simanim are only rabbinic in nature and not reliable on a Torah level. However, maybe shuma is like an exceptional, exceptionally good uh, um, sign. Uh, that's the dispute. One says what to have the exact a mole exactly on one specific spot. That's reliable, and the other one says no. It could be that others, another person would have the same thing. Now, Olach Lishna, according to the, that version, is from the Torah. So, how do we explain? We said that even if there are signs on the body and in his clothing, um, it's not reliable. But I thought Simanim are Deoraisa. So, how does he explain our Mishnah? The answer is Gufo. What does it mean, a sign on the body? The Aruch Vigots. He's uh, the right height. You know, he's very tall or short. In other words, like basically matches up height-wise. That's not, that's not, a, that's a very weak, even though a simon is acceptable, that's not a simon that's acceptable. Because a lot of people, you know, are 5'9", or whatever. Okay. Um, Caleb, uh, what about the clothing? We worry that, you know, although it's this man's clothing, but, you know, people sometimes borrow clothing. And therefore, it's not, it's not enough to go on. So the Gemara says, wait a second, if that's really a possibility that we worry about that, I worry about borrowing, we know that when it comes to a donkey, that's a lost donkey, you can return it based on the simanim, that, you know, his name is etched into the, the saddle. Um, how do you return it on the bed? So, so the answer is, there's a, you have to just know your saddles. And the reason is the maskivle lechama. The reason is is that uh, um, the what the saddle is basically forms. It saw it, you know it, it it shapes around the body of the of the animal, and if it's a different uh, if it's a different animal, it's like gonna misshape it or it's gonna mess it up and it's not gonna be comfortable for the animal. So therefore, that's not one of those things that you lend out. So that's the idea, and. Um, and that's the scoop. That's the story with the. That's why saddles are reliable because it's something that's not going to be lent out. 
Matzu kasher bekis of arneki ubtabas hechemetrinin. How do we rely on the um, uh, when it's tied in with a you know, in a in a in a in a sack or something, a wallet, a ring? So how do you return it? The answer is. Why don't we worry about, again, if we're worried about borrowing, maybe the, the ring was borrowed, was lent out. So Tabaz, so the Gemara says, we'll never lend out a ring, and the reason why is Kayish Lizyufi. If I give you my signet ring, that's what, it, that's what we're talking about, then basically you could write things in my name and use my signet, the signature. That's no way, I'm not gonna, that's one thing that you just don't give to anybody else, okay? Kis Varniki Menachshi Enchi Moshli. Those types of things, like your wallet, you, people don't give the wallets away because that's like that's like opens up yourself to it could takes your it could take your identity. It's interesting, and even in a spiritual sense, it could take your mazel if he has your wallet. You don't give your wallet to somebody else, anyway. Um, so that's a story. Um, yeah, a person can steal an identity. So, like, it's it's a practical, it's a real sense, okay? So people don't give those things away either. And that's why there's no fear of that. When we talk about Kalim clothing as being not a simon, we don't mean the, his clothing. Really, we're not, we don't worry about people lending clothing. It's, not a, it's a rare scenario. But we're talking about just like it's a, it was a black jacket, it was a white shirt. Okay, that's not the most reliable. There are plenty of people dressed like that. Okay. Okay, so we mentioned in the mission of Afil Ro'ul even if you saw body parts cut off. So why is that? Do you mean to say that somebody with a cut leg is, can survive for a minute? We have a contradiction to that. Adam A person does not convey to him until his breath leaves him. I feel good even if his body is cut off. I feel ghostless or even if he's on his deathbed. All we're saying is that he's not Tommy. But he's definitely not living. So why is that not sufficient testimony that he's going to die? Summer by Lokash is not difficult. It's Machlokas Rupshim and Alazar and the rabbis. Titania Meidin Allah Maguyid. We can testify about a Maguyid, Vaymidin Allah Tsaluf, but not on somebody who's hung. And they used to hang on a on a cross, right? Rabbi Shem ben Elazar Omer Afal Maguid Im Eden even on a person's body is parts is cut off Im Eden why? Because the only reason why he's going to die per se is because he'll bleed to death. <clears throat> you could always cauterize the, the wound, burn it, burn it sealed that the blood won't be able to flow, and Vilachayos and he'll live. Okay, like in like in Rambo. Okay. All right, and throughout a reference there. <laughs> yeah, you know that? Okay, it's just you don't forget. Okay. Frag the Gemara, me matzah's lo'kume, kerub shimon ben Elazar. How can you possibly say that our mission is going like kerub shimon ben Elazar? Um, uh, that, who says that, right, uh, uh, who says that we, that you could survive even body parts being cut off because you could be cauterized. But look what it says, Vakhtani Seif, it says, in the latter Mishnah, Maisa Asya, the story took place in this town of Asya. He was lowered into the sea. Also, when they pulled him back up, all they got is his foot. <laughs> okay, so something happened to the rest of the body. Some in our Kuvala it depends how much of the foot they got. 
if it's uh, from the knee and up, Tinasi uh, we let her marry. Meaning it's the most, it's the whole leg that that came up. So then that means it was cut off above that part. Tinasi uh, she's free to marry. He's definitely dying. But if it's below the knee, Tinasi because you could survive if it's below the knee. So what do you see? Uh, so. Um, you see, you can't survive. So the Gemara answers, and it's not going to Shem and Elazar who says that you could. So the Gemara says, Shiny Mayna, the Marzubamaka. That's the Marzubamaka. Uh, water makes the, the, the wound worse. It, it, you know, it's harder to heal from, from cut body parts. Uh, it attracts the sharks. Okay, <laughs> well, that's why. No, I don't know. It's just saying it's hard to, the water affects it in a negative way. I saw this Arab. The shakos of Sirichi, he took a knife, v'gai del gamle, and he cut up his camel live, v'laf sikte le'naruse, and it didn't stop him from groaning. He was continually groaning even after being cut up. So, so Amar Baye ha'hu kisha havia. That was um, so a weak a weak camel. So um, the either, in other words, really you could survive from being cut up. Uh, but it was a weak camel. And Rav Omer, Bisakim Lubenes, no, it's talking about a, it was a, it was a white hot um, knife. So that as it cut, it cauterized, and that's why it was able to s- survive longer. Okay, um, so that's the story. Anyway, and then it's going according to everybody, because everybody agrees that if it was cauterized, that you know, they know of it, then, well, then you could survive that. Okay, brings us to the next thing about Chayo Chelas. You see him being eaten up by an animal. That's not enough testimony to say that he's dead. That's where he's being bitten in a place that doesn't mean that you're going to die. A foot, a hand. But if it's body parts where you know, the soul can leave you, he's being bitten on the neck uh, by an animal, made, and then that's testimony. Even if he didn't seem actually dead. If a person was slaughtered, uh, both the you know both signs, the esophagus and the trachea, oh Rov or the majority, Oparach, and he ran off. Um, it doesn't matter. We know that he's dead. Okay, Aini is that so? Va'amar of Yudah Mishmol Shachab Oshnaim Rov Shnaim Viramas Va'amar, and he and he's hinting in his you know his sign language, Kis uh, Vugedlishti, because he can't really speak, right? So even though he's slaughtered, he, he says, uh, "Write to get to my wife." Harel Yichtov will be eternal. It's not too late. Um, you can write, give write a get and give it to his wife. He's not dead yet. He's not dead yet. So the Gemara says, absolutely, you're right. Chai hu, right now he's still alive, but he's definitely going to die. Now, Elamat, according to that, Yehikola al Yado, you should, uh, why don't you go to Kalos for doing that? I mean, he was trying to shave him, you know, and he just uh, messed up, okay? Whatever. <laughs> uh, that's what was going on over here, okay? Close shave. All right, it was very close shave, right? Um, uh, too close. Okay, so uh, why doesn't he go to Gullus for that? It was an unintentional killing. So, Tanya, what does the Bryce say? You don't go to Gullus. The answer is, We're worried about maybe it was, uh, it was yes, you, he wasn't going to be able to survive from his actions, but the actual what caused him to die was the wind, the water, the air 
got in, like he, he, he uh, and that's what uh, caused him to actually die. In other words, the actual cause of death was something else, which wasn't him, possibly. Or he himself jerked around, and that speeded up his death. And that's why he doesn't uh, go to Golos. Now, my Benai, what's the difference between the two versions? The Shachta Bebesa, the Shisha, if it was a completely sealed house, so there's no wind, or Parchis, and he moved. Inami, the Shachta Bebara, Parchis, or it was outside, so the wind was there, but Parchis, but he didn't move. So if he's, so either one, so whichever is the, re- is the reason, that would make a difference which reason we're using. And that's the story to be continued tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last? No, one more.